Consequence Podcast Network. This is Brittany Howard, and you're listening to Beyond the Boys Club on Consequence. I think when you've been interviewing a lot of big-named musicians and artists for years, as I have, it's hard for me to get really starstruck. But I'm starstruck because the amazing Brittany Howard is on the show, which I've followed her for years. I mean, who doesn't know Alabama Shakes? That band has been so seminal and so their music just speaks to my soul. And I think that a lot of people feel that way. I mean, Brittany Howard really struck a chord, pun very much intended, with all of her music in Alabama Shakes and her solo music, which she's most recently been releasing. She's got her sophomore solo album, What Now?, which is amazing. You will not be disappointed. It is just chock full of organic sounding, amazing rock and R&B and blues and everything that you've come to know and love. I love how personal the music is too. The single Red Flags, I think is my favorite because who hasn't seen Red Flags in relationships and just been like, you know what, I'm not gonna think about it. I'm just gonna ignore that red flag and I'm gonna go full steam ahead. And then every time there's always a regret, right? Very excited to have Brittany Howard on the show to talk all about her new record, What Now? Dan Erickson, and you're on Beyond the Boys Club on Consequence. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, right after this, we're back with Brittany Howard. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. I'm really curious about how you got your start in music and guitar playing and what, you know, made you want to pick up a guitar. I feel like it first started for me when I was really young, like maybe four or five years old. My great uncle had a bluegrass band and he had like a little woodworking shop. So they would meet out there every Sunday and my great aunt would be babysitting me and I would just go out there and, and watch the guys play bluegrass. I remember that was the first time I held a microphone. And I sang uh, Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog and Wild Thing. And that was kind of my introduction. And I really liked that feeling. 
I remember singing until my little voice, my little throat was raw. And uh, my great aunt came and put me to bed. And that was like my first interaction with live music, with making music, was singing. And then later when I was 11 years old is when I first saw a live band play. And it happened to just be some kids from my school. They were older than me. They were in high school. I was in middle school. And I remember seeing them play. And I just thought, this feeling came over me. Like I looked at the audience, which is a bunch of my peers in, in, in school. And they were dancing and smiling and happy and the room was electric. And then I looked at the stage and I saw these guys were the ones that were doing that. And I just knew right then, every second, like, this is what I want to do. And so I um, taught myself how to play drums and guitar and keys and bass guitar and just just kept going. Wow. Did you feel a special calling to guitar, even though you did you do play all the other instruments? I didn't particularly want to play guitar. It's just no one else played it. So when I was in school, I really, really wanted to be in a band, right? So I was just taking these kids out of a marching band or whoever I heard played an instrument. I was teaching them how to play instruments. So I moved to the guitar just because it was like a little bit harder to learn quickly. So I was teaching people how to play bass, how to play drums, and I just really wanted to be in a band. So that's kind of the reason I picked it up in the first place is no one else was playing that's funny because for me, I play bass and I always hear that story with bass players that it's like no one wants to be a bass player. So, so that's why a lot of bass players end up being <laughs> that, you know, playing the instrument. <laughs> yeah, I love that because I wanted to be a bass player too. I wanted to be a bass player, but it only had four strings, a little easier to comprehend. So yeah, I had to move to guitar. So what is your like your best early memory, I guess, of when you first got started out there making music? Do you have one moment when you were like, Yes, this is jolling. This is definitely what I want to do. Well, you know, I, like I said, I always knew what I wanted to do. But I feel like when we played our first show, besides like Battle of Bands and stuff like that, I remember we played this little bar in Decatur, Alabama called The Brick. And we had like a 35 minute set. And we played like covers like James Brown and Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and that kind of music. And I remember blacking out as soon as I opened my mouth to sing the microphone. And then I came back to everybody was clapping and standing and, and I received that kind of love and attention. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, I think like we got something here. Got something going on. And then they paid me. And I was like, money? You know what I mean? I get paid for this? Bonus. <laughs> Bonus, for sure. So a lot of people came up to know and love you in Alabama Shakes, which you've had so much success with that band. I mean, Grammy Awards and just people love that band. So first of all, what was it like being at the Grammys and having that kind of honor? Pretty surreal. I think the thing I remember the most about being at the Grammys is just all of the musicians that I met. People you would see on TV, people you would see in the music videos, like Jack Black was sitting behind us, like just stuff like that. It was just so surreal just see these human beings like in real life. And uh, I, I'm honestly, like the being at the Grammys was something I never could have forecasted. Like I never saw myself or my group or our music being celebrated by like the Grammys. So yeah, the whole thing was very dreamlike. The first time we went, just everything that was happening, I couldn't believe it. I love the fact that Jack Black was the one that you were starstruck by. <laughs> yeah. Not Madonna, yeah. you know, not as like Jack Black. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I just think he's so talented and so funny. Like, you know, every, every once in a while you get one of them people like, you know, I, like I think of, for example, like Robin Williams or somebody. It's just like every facet that they every every facet of them 
they pour themselves in and their individuality in. And like, you know, Jack Black, he's Jack Black. Everybody like knows his personality. So I just thought of him like that. I grew, I grew up watching his movies and stuff. I love it. Oh, my God. No, I think he's so hilarious. And I love Tenacious D. <laughs> it's all good stuff. So what do you think it is about your music? Not just with Alabama Shakes, but your solo music and just everything you do that really does, uh, you know, appeal to so many people because you have been honored by the Grammys and just all kinds of different music lovers enjoy your music. I don't know if I can answer that. I feel like maybe it's different every individual basis. But what I like to do is stay authentic to myself. I sing about things I know about my own life, my own experiences, my own emotions. And I put a lot of time and energy in trying to express myself to the best of my ability. It isn't about making hints. It isn't about being a celebrity or having fame or even the fortune part of it. It's more just like I'm put on this earth. I really cultivated this talent and this is my catharsis and this is what helps me experience life and connect to other people. And I think having that intention behind it, that's kind of the seeds that I sell on, so to speak. And I feel like um, because I have that intention, people can see it and feel it and therefore they can connect to it. That's beautiful. I do think it's very relatable and that's something that everyone yearns for when they listen to music, something that helps them understand maybe the world or themselves. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, some people use it like that. And some people use it to be mindless. And honestly, I like all of that. I love music that makes my brain shut off. I like music that makes me be in my body. I like music that makes me think. I like music that makes me cry, be nostalgic. I, you know, there's so many things out there for so many different people. It's just incredible. Yeah, something for everybody. Yeah. So how is writing solo music different from writing music with Alabama Shakes? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't say it's like remarkably, remarkably different. The way I've always written music is kind of like I would play all the parts and just kind of orchestrate. I'd say that's like usually how I write music is it's like an orchestra. I write all the parts and I hear all the parts and, and then I'll put it down on my little laptop like a demo. And then with the shakes, I bring it to the guys and I would say, this is what I got. And sometimes things would change. Sometimes they would stay the same. Um, sometimes we'll be uh, more collaborative and, and we would work on a, music from the ground up, which is just like, you know, going in there and jamming on something and coming up with something. And sometimes that was, just, that was the case. When it comes to this, it's still the same kind of blueprint thing. It's like I demo things out. I hear all the parts, I put it down. And this time there really is no editing process, really. It's kind of like this is what I'm hearing and this is what I want. Um, and then I'll bring it to the studio and I'll ask like incredible musicians to They'll play the parts their way. It's still as I as I wrote it, but it's also now moving through them, moving through their their vessel and through their experience. And I just I, I appreciate it so much what they do for the things that I, that I do write because I'd say I'm not proficient, especially in in any instrument. I just kind of play them all as a means to an end. So I'd say like the difference being that there's no editing process. It's just like this is what. I'm hearing and this is what I want to hear. And it's a little different in that way. And I feel like for this last record album, What Now? The, this piece of work was a little bit more collaborative in that I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I didn't have the blueprints all set up. 
some of the songs were 25% done. Some of the songs were 10% done. Some were just an idea floating in the air. I had to grab it. And luckily, I had these great musicians around me. And um, yeah, magic happens. That's great. Would you say that there's any one underlying theme on what now, or is it all over the place? I feel like some things are kind of um, living in a world where so much craziness is happening so fast and you still have to live with yourself and live with your emotions about it and live in your own body. You know, I can't go out there solving all world problems, even though that's what you really feel called to do because you see so much injustice and so much suffering and so much pain. And as any kind of empathetic person, you know, it's overwhelming, like emotionally. And so I feel like this album was me navigating my personal life and also being like highly aware that the world does kind of feel like it's on fire sometimes. And that's kind of the string that stretches across it. So one of my favorite tracks off the new record is Red Flags, which I think is something that everyone can relate to, seeing red flags, maybe ignoring them when they shouldn't. But tell me about that track and kind of the inspiration behind it. We're all trying to like grow up in this world. And for me, my experiences with partnerships always had a through line, which is just like me making myself smaller and unseen. And it's like, why would I do something like that, you know? Cause I'm on stage and I'm like this uh, person that people see as like larger than life and, and, you know, like all that stuff. I'm on the stage and people like look up to me. But it's like, listen, no one is exempt from the rules of life and from the lessons of life. And so my kind of thing that I was doing was staying in this pattern of um, villainizing my partners and, and giving my power away. And so when it comes to red flags, it's like, this is me singing to myself about all the times I chose to remain unconscious to those patterns and those cycles I was repeating. That's kind of what it's about. Yeah, I know. That's great. You're very self-aware to, you know, to recognize that pattern. And I think a lot of people, it does take a few relationships and maybe they notice patterns. But again, I think it's a really relatable track and I love it. I mean, the whole record is great. And um, you have a bunch of shows coming up and some have already sold out, which is awesome. So how does it feel to start booking shows and seeing that already they're selling out? Oh, it's super exciting. I'm so, so excited to play this music live. I got the greatest band in the world. I just They're just so sick. And I'm just like really excited to share the stage with them and, and to feel the energy coming off of the audience. And I'm also excited to see which songs the audience really responds to. You know, there's always that moment when you're playing a song and you start to play the first few riffs that people go, what? You know, and, and I, I love this, though. What is your favorite thing about performing live? Because you are known for your live show. You're known to be just someone you have to see live. You know, I, I love performing live and I love putting my um, my wardrobe on. I love I, I love putting my little costume on and putting Raquel on my wig because I feel like I'm putting on a superhero costume. That's what it feels like. And then you go out there and I just lose myself and I am free. Like, I promise you, like, I'm free for like an hour and a half. Just free to be powerful and free to be seen and free to be heard. And it's, I wish everyone could experience it. It's incredible. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? 
That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So going back to when you first started breaking out in Alabama Shakes, did you feel welcomed right away in the music industry being a woman or did you ever feel a little bit like it was still an anomaly or like you were treated differently? The Alabama Shakes, the case of us coming out was very particular and very special just because we're very, very fortunate to have good people on our team immediately. And that's because... We spoke to a lot of people when people were first interested in us. Spoke to a lot of management, a lot of booking agencies. And we always, we weren't expecting it. But between all of us, we always had good communication between all of us. And one thing that was really important to us is working with people where we we could detect that they had good character. And I would say getting into this industry, you definitely want to have people on your team that care about you as a person, but also your art, your art form, you know, because it's it's a wild industry. And so I feel like we started off you know, surrounded by really, really good people. And I didn't read into too much when we first got started because, of course, there's lots of people who didn't like us just because we looked like an overnight success. And like I said, I've been doing this since I was 11 years old. So I don't really blame people for being like, ah, where they come from. So there was that. As far as being a woman goes, I I, I, I really kept my eyes on the prize. I didn't looked to the side. I didn't see what everybody else was doing. I was just like, this is my one chance. And no matter what happens, I'm going to stay true to myself. I'm going to do my music. I'm going to do what I like. I'm going to look like how I look like. No one's going to change me or take this opportunity from me. Um, so when I came through, I feel like I really had to call upon all of my energy and all of my strengths um, to, to not get sideswiped or taken advantage of. That's a really good point. I think that it's hard for a lot of people in the industry, women and even men, where you get in there and someone wants to mold you into what they think is going to sell at the moment. And that's a huge problem, I think, that people sometimes get give into. I agree. And who wants to be a moment? Some people want to be a moment. Some people just want the bag. Some people just want money and fame and they're good for the rest of your life. But I, I do. I had always had um, the intention 
and the mind and the plan to be around for a really long time. And that has everything to do with just loving what I do, loving music and loving expressing myself in this way. Do you notice a difference in women now versus when you started out? Do you notice more women when you're on tour and that sort of thing? Like, do you think more women are getting into the industry? Yes, absolutely. And that has everything to do with the actions people actually took. Because lots of people can talk and do lip service. But in this industry, when I first started, I would always get so excited to see a woman on the crew or a woman doing monitors or a woman doing uh, lights or a woman in any of these roles. Because when I was coming up, obviously, I did not see that. When I was growing up, I didn't even see a woman playing guitar. So to see women in these roles and industry, was, I would get so excited. And now um, I would say my crew's 50-50, which I love. I love. I think we have around like 23, uh, maybe, maybe 22 people on the crew. Half of them are women. I love seeing that. I love seeing women of color in these roles. Um, I love seeing them being paid fairly. I love seeing women in positions of power, label executives and, and, and such that, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'm, I've definitely seen the change. And also, I get on Instagram right now, I see so many young women absolutely shredding on guitar. Way better than me. Shredding. It's just, it's kind of surreal a little bit. It's like incredible because um, when I was growing up, I didn't have the access to YouTube to learn how to play this instrument. It was just Guitar World magazine looking in the back, trying to figure out tabs. So it's been uh, it's been so cool to see how things have changed and how things will continue to change because of that. I love action oriented folks and I love that uh, people are hiring women to do these roles and seeing what a good job they do. That's really inspiring to hear. And you mentioned that growing up, you didn't really see a lot of women playing guitar. Do you ever have girls come up to you and say, wow, you know, I saw you on guitar up there and it made me want to pick up a guitar. And do you ever hear that sort of thing? Yeah, I do. I hear it a lot. I think it's awesome. I love seeing uh, little girls, uh, you know, like I love seeing little brown girls with glasses on and, and kinky hair and they're dressed up like me. They're saying, I'm learning how to play guitar just like you. Like, it, it absolutely is uh, heartwarming and inspiring. I feel like you inspire people to get into different genres, too, because your music really fits into so many different genres, in, from rock to, like, blues. And I just feel like it's a really cool mesh of different sounds. Yeah, well, you know, that's because, like, my teacher, my, my, teach, my music teacher was just, like, music. Um so whatever I listened to, I'd have to figure it out by ear. And it was so many different things. It was so many different things for so many different reasons. Usually it had everything to do with the rhythm. I just like love a good rhythm. So like, for example, um, yes, grew up on the blues, loved the blues. Then I heard Black Sabbath when I was like 13 or 14 years old. And I was like, wait, it's still like, it's still there. Like The blues is still in there. And, I, and Pink Floyd, the blues is still in there. And finding all these relationships uh, amongst different genres of music. And I feel like when I was back in the Shakes, all of us liked so many different types of music. The one thing we could agree on was like soul music and R&B music because it was so in everything. We all liked it. And so therefore, we put our, um, our own colors on it and through it. And yeah, I think genre is a construct. If you want to be a part of the genre and carry on a tradition, great. Um, I think we need those to educate ourselves, but then sky's the limit. Definitely. So with the new record, What Now, looking back on the record and listening back to it, 
What are you most proud of when you hear it? I'm really proud of everyone who played on it, the great musicians that played on it. Zach Cockrell, Lloyd Buchanan, Paul Horton, Brad Allen Williamson, Nate Smith, Rod McGaha, my engineer, Sean Everett. All of us just, all of us putting our flavor on it, putting our emotion into it and our care and all the hours and time it took to, to get this whole project out. I'm just like so proud of everyone for breaking their foot off in it and really caring like they did um, and as much as I do. And also to say, I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that like there were moments when I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't get scared. Like, you know what I mean? Like my first solo record, I only had like four songs going into the studio and I was, I was freaking out. And this time when that happened, when I only had 10% of a song or 25% of a song, I was like, oh, I'm figure stuff out. And I'm proud of the way it came out because it was like something happened when I let go of the blueprints and of having everything prepared. Then all this new energy came in and all these new ideas came in and it made me more excited than ever to make music because it's just, it's just like, who cares? Like, it doesn't have to be so serious, you know? Yeah, and that makes it more organic too. Exactly. Makes it more organic and makes it more surprising. So what advice do you have for upcoming musicians, especially women, but just anyone who really wants to get into music and live out their passion? I mean, nowadays... You can make something on your phone and it can become a hit. Anything can happen because everybody's on the Internet and everybody's always looking. And what people like, I think, has less to do with these algorithms that people are chasing and more to do with the vibe of it, the energy of it, the spirit of it. Who's the person behind the music? How true are they being about what they're talking about? I feel like people still resonate with that, like what with what's real. So like my only advice would be like, be yourself and talk about what what you're feeling. Don't try to make it create because you love it and because you need to and because it means something to you. And just be real with it. Be honest with it. There's nobody like you. You're an individual. And that's just like the greatest advice I'd give anyone. That's a really good point. Do you think that this day and age, because of how there's social media and there's all this stuff attached to musicians that the personality and really who the person is has more to do with, I guess, the success than ever before. Yeah, absolutely. And sharing that part of your world with being a social media personality, you know, musicians now so different than even when I started. When I started, I didn't have to be on social media. I had my private time. And now it's like, you I don't know who I would say, but it's like a lot of people in the industry expect you to be a lot of different things all at once. And I feel that and I see that, especially for people who are just starting out. It, it, it's like you're um, really flaying yourself out there to try to get your music to be heard. And I don't think that's right. You know, like the young people, like like young people always do. They're going to figure out how to take that and spin it and use it because they're so creative and they're so full of life and so full of hunger. They're going to figure that out. And I'm not worried about young folks when it comes to that. But I'd say like me being just slightly a little baby bit older um, than 18 years old. um, I would say that it is so different and so surreal that social media and music have become so enmeshed. It is. It's strange, like for me, when I see someone who was just a social media star and suddenly they release a song and I'm going, are they even really a musician or are they just kind of leveraging their following? You know, it's like the opposite thing. 
Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, considered to them, it's just diversifying, isn't it? That's true. Yeah. I can't hate. <laughs> I mean, it's a business. Social media is a business. Well, this and music is business as well, you know, and there's artists contained wherein within that. But like, I've, I've definitely played festivals where um, some of the people on the festival are social media stars and they got like a song and now they're out there like almost headlining. It's oh, pretty, wow. crazy. pretty crazy to see. So what's next for you throughout 2024? I'm going to be touring. I'm going to be doing my thing that I do with my band and we're going to go crazy with it. That's, that's like my main focus. The, the album's going to come out and then 2024, I'm going to be touring the world. And I'm excited to see everyone. I'm definitely excited to see everyone. Last album, didn't really get to tour it. So it's been so cool playing the song from the first record and people finally getting to see it live. And I get to feel those reactions and feel that connection with their music. And I got new music too. So it's just kind of like a big old celebration out here on the road. It must feel so great to finally get back out there. I know just a lot of musicians were going through withdrawals during the COVID lockdown. Yeah, you know, it's wild. And what I'm about to say is probably going to sound crazy too, but I did kind of miss the screams and the yells and the and the hollering and stuff when you walk out on stage. Like, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I did kind of miss it. Like, I don't take that. I mean, I never took it for granted, but now it's extra special. Because I'm just like, this is what we do. And people are screaming with happiness. Like, this is incredible. Well, Brittany, it has been awesome hanging out with you. Congrats on the new record, What Now? I love it. So I cannot wait for people to hear it. And is there anything else that you would want people to know about? I just want everybody out there to take care of yourself, love yourself, do something you love, make yourself happy today. And, uh, you know, be kind. I love it. I'm going to go eat ice cream. That'll make me happy today. Do it. Brittany Howard, thanks for being an awesome guest on Beyond the Boys Club on Consequence. Really fun chat and really cool to talk with her about social media. It actually blows my mind that she says she's played festivals with social media stars who have one single out and they're practically headlining. I don't know how I feel about that. I can't hate on it because it's all a form of expression, I suppose. But coming from that school of kind of musicians are musicians and actors are actors and that sort of thing. It's just weird for me to think about a social media star who just has millions of followers for being a social media star. And then they release a song for the heck of it and suddenly they're headlining festivals. That's crazy. But what is not crazy is how amazing Britney's new record is her solo record what now check it out if you're an Alabama Shakes fan you're gonna love it and even if you're not familiar with Alabama Shakes I just think it's a great example of what Britney can do and of course check her out on tour because Britney is known for her awesome live show I also like what she said about her advice for upcoming musicians to just be yourself which is great advice because I think when you enter the music industry or any kind of entertainment industry, people might want to mold you into what's popular at the time because if something is really trending or popular at the time, they might want to make you into that. Something that comes to mind is in the 90s, I know that there were some bands who weren't grunge and they were assigned to labels and just the labels were throwing flannel at them and saying, you're grunge, we're going to call you grunge. So they were marketed grunge even though their music wasn't. That is probably the most important thing to stay true to who you are in this business and people will love you for you because there is no one else like you. And who knows, maybe you can bring that next big thing that will be the next trend. 
Once again, a great talk with Brittany Howard and check out her new record, Light Now. It's Ann Erickson on Beyond the Boys Club. Thanks for hanging as always. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep rocking. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.